everybody. It's Sean Harwell. It's Never Heard of a Podcast. It's party time. It's the podcast where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks. It's not just me. It's Craig Moorhead. Say hello, Craig Moorhead. But use the word it's somehow. Hello, it's Craig Moorhead. I did it. I did everything you asked. How are you? I'm doing great. Everything is great, and I am doing great. How are you doing? Excellent. Everything is super duper excellent. Man. Is it tax day today? It might be tax day today. I sure. hope you got your taxes done. Oh, you don't want to go man. to jail. Yeah, get taxed up, guys. You don't want to get audited. Nope. I mean, if they can get MC Hammer, they can oh, get you. they can get you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hammer going to hurt them. Some big hey, Craig. Fish. Yes. Um, can you tell people where they can find some MC Hammer jams and pants and also where they can find our podcast online? I could. Well, you know, you can find, I think, everything that um, MC Hammer ever did, even some of the religious stuff on iTunes. And that's also where you can find our podcast. You can find it oh my God. on iTunes. Ooh, nailed it. Thank you. Yeah. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. And uh, as always, we ask that if you uh, feel so moved, please review the podcast leaves some stars or something behind so that people can find the podcast. But you know what? If you're really, if you're kind of like, man, I like the podcast, but I wish there was a website I could go to while I'm listening to it and just read random posts about the podcast and stuff. Well, you can do that. And we have a, we have a site called neverheardpodcast.com. And from there you can find us uh, in all of our other iterations. You can find us at Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. I mean, is there really any place you can't find us? Um, NPR. NPR. We're not yet on NPR. Soon yeah, to be. I should have added yet. On the Sorry, yeah, yeah Saturday afternoon NPR. So hello, get this ready. Is Sean Harwell and the Never Heard of a Podcast. Yeah, I, I, I got to work on my NPR. We're voice. gonna be very it's, chill. It's not really, yeah, where it needs to be. Um, well, I have a feeling that. Hmm. I don't know if this movie would pass the NPR muster or not, but I'm very excited to talk about it. It was suggested by one Tyler Baum, friend and and uh, family of the show, <laughs> and uh, he's going to join us next week. So we're super excited to have him on and talk about this movie. He's been telling us about it many a times, and uh, I was not at all familiar with it. But holy cow, the people involved! It sounds crazy. I got some fun trivia. First, though, let's do a, a, a synopsis super-duper quick. Yeah, hit me with a synopsis, Sean. Because I think this one especially is important when you hear the cast list to have this in mind. Uh, Skidoo, 1968, is the infamous psychedelic all-star comedy about ex-gangster Tony Banks, who's called out of retirement by mob kingpin God to carry out a hit on a fellow mobster. When he demurs, God kidnaps his daughter on his luxury yacht. Hmm. There you go. That's uh, that's that's what we're getting into here. Without further ado and skadoo, hmm. please lay it on us. Well, you know, Sean, that's a it really is like a classic Otto Preminger type of movie. Sure, yeah. And uh <laughs> and I mean totally makes sense because that's exactly who directed and produced it. Otto Preminger mm-hmm. of Anatomy of a Murder, Stylag seventeen. A movie called The Human Factor, which I've just recently been made aware of, uh, that I still don't really understand what it could be. I think our friends at Podcasting Them Softly 
uh, had a post about a movie called The Human oh, Factor. Yeah. Okay. We have to check that out at some point. Um, you ever seen Laura? I don't think I have. Ooh, that's a classic noir. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, no, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot of Preminger that that needs to be seen, and I haven't mm. seen it. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I own Anatomy of a Murder, and I have not watched that. Mm, I don't know. I've seen that one either. Yeah. Should probably do it. Yeah. Anyway, not a not a. I don't think there's a ton of comedy. Uh, no. <laughs> on the list, there could be wrong. There's a lot of movies, but I don't think a ton of comedy. It definitely seems like uh, Otto's. Uh, you know, getting out of his comfort zone, as people mm-hmm. recommend that you do, so that you mm-hmm. experience new things, you know? It's never sure. too late. Um, uh, the movie was written by Doran William Cannon, who also uh, wrote uh, Square Root of Zero. <laughs> I just That's got that. That's a good title. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Zero, isn't it? Uh, he doesn't yeah. have... Yeah. Uh, Brewster yeah. McCloud... Um, and uh, which I haven't also haven't seen. Have you ever seen Brewster McCloud? Nope. Yeah. No, I have not. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and uh, this is why we do a podcast so that we <laughs> exactly. This is the whole <laughs> point. It's the only way we do these things. Uh, but also, um, Knots Landing. Huh. Yeah, Knots Landing wrote some uh, episodes of Knots Landing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, an uncredited Rob Reiner worked on this too, mm-hmm. apparently. Yep, yep. Uh, and he played a character by the name of Meathead in something called All in the Family. So I don't know. Best of luck to Mr. Reiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, music by Harry Nilsson. Uh, you know, he sang about the lime and the coconut and also everybody talking at me. Mm-hmm. All those things. Every, yeah. Oh, man. That guy's got such a great, uh, I don't know, a way about his songs. I love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, cinematography by Leon Shamroy, real name. Uh, wow. he, he shot Cleopatra and Planet of the Apes, among many others. Uh, let's see here. Editing. Uh, this was interesting. Editing by Eric Lee Preminger. No relation. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah. But seriously. Um, edited it. He edited it under a... Uh, uh, um, you know, a nom de plume, I, I suppose you could say. Uh, that's probably not what you should Ooh. say. But yeah, under a different name, different credited name. But when I went to check this, this, his part of the site, his page at IMDb, it didn't show up anywhere. He was only the casting director. And so, I don't know. I just Weird. found that very interesting. Yeah. So on the movie page, it credits him as editing it. But on his page, he does no credit like that. But he did produce, uh, co-produce anyway, The Heartbreak Kid. No kidding. Yeah. Oh. But uh, didn't edit anything else it looks like, as far as I know. I wonder if his dad just did most of the editing and... Yeah, maybe. Somehow, or I don't know. Like he couldn't... Uh, yeah. He, he needed to get that uh, extra editing money, but they wouldn't let him do all three jobs or something. I don't know. Yeah, who knows. Uh, but the movie... We always get to this part. Actors. So this movie stars Jackie Gleason of the Honeymooners and Smokey and the Bandit and, you know, a lot of other great stuff. Carol Channing mm-hmm. of Thoroughly Modern Millie and Free to Be You and Me, if your parents bought you that album while you were a kid. Uh, 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 Frankie Avalon, right? Teen Angel in Greece. He was in Casino as himself. He sang a million songs. He was super famous for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Gorshin, the Riddler. Yeah. Uh, Peter Lawford. I'm not. I don't even have a credit for it. It's Peter Lawford. We got uh, uh, Cesar Romero, who's the Joker. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, okay, well, so I guess this cast list will start uh, slowing down here. It won't, Sean. Mm-mm. Richard Keel. Uh, you got Slim Pickens. You got Mickey Rooney. Groucho Marx. No. Groucho Marx. Yeah. This movie is packed with some very interesting choices. I don't know what to expect at all. Uh, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to this. Um, so... Now that we know who was around the cameras during the time of the shooting, you tell me, uh, what was it like there? Uh, crazy, apparently, is the, the main takeaway. But uh, yeah, once again, all those people, psychedelic all-star comedy. So yeah, uh, how does that happen? Well, Otto Priminger, who TCM had a very nice article about this movie and pointed out that, yes, he has like kind of historically scoffed at conservatism. He was known as a rule breaker. Uh, He tackled taboo themes. He employed an all-African-American cast in the 1950s. He hired blacklisted talent during the height of McCarthyism. It said that he became very fascinated with his son, Eric Lee Priminger, and his son's description of life as a dropout in Greenwich Village at the time and so this writing sample came across his desk from uh, Doran William Cannon. And Preminger wanted to just shoot the writing sample as opposed to the actual script because the sample explored the hippie existence and LSD tripping. And, oh, uh, Preminger, Preminger, Preminger. It said he quickly butted heads with Cannon, the screenwriter. Uh, the screenwriter wanted the mafia to be depicted in a serious manner. Uh, Priminger saw them as comical cartoon figures. Uh, Priminger wanted Cannon to write in more violence, which seems to not necessarily go hand in hand with the cartoon figure part. But mm-hmm. uh, Cannon uh, claimed to be a pacifist and refused. <laughs> so Priminger did what most directors do. They look elsewhere for writers and uh, said that he initially asked Mel Brooks to help with the rewrite, which would have been interesting although later claimed to Cannon that, uh, quote, I'm not going to hire him. Between you and him, I would go crazy. Uh, So, uh, you know, I don't know what his opinion of Mel Brooks was, but I guess not (laughs) great. Uh, But, yeah, so after Preminger saw uh, Rob Reiner perform in something called The Committee, which I think was like a comedy troupe that he was in at the time, um, like sketch comedy, Yeah, he brought him in to, quote, write scenes for hippies, end quote. And according to Reiner, uh, Priminger fired him and rehired him every single day. But it didn't stop with Reiner. There were other writers brought in. And uh, during the shoot, uh, Elliot Baker was one of these who had written a movie called A Fine Madness. And Stanley Ralph Ross, who Craig did a ton of work on that Batman series. And there's uh-huh. a weird, like if you're a major Batman nerd, yeah, you can go down the rabbit hole of this one. There's quite a few, I think Primager appeared in, in that show himself as a villain at one point. Anyway, uh, by the time this guy was called in though, I mean, the movie was like half done and he was suggesting scenes to be cut that had already been shot and roughly edited. Um, they said that like he, you know, Primager, uh, was not good to the writers necessarily, but he always paid them what they were owed and everything. 
and went to them, you know, in vain hopes of adding more comedy. Uh, although he refused to alter the structure of the story, which, you know, maybe that's putting lipstick on a pig, I guess. <laughs> um, but it said that he himself, Priminger, experimented with LSD to prepare for this film, and he was not the only one, Craig. Oh, boy. Would you like to guess who from that cast uh, took a little trip? Uh, like fantastic. Uh, I, here's what I want it to be. I want it to be Otto Preminger, uh, Groucho Marx, Mickey Rooney, and let's just say Carol Channing, please. Well, I don't know about all of them, but you're definitely right about Groucho Marx. Yes. Uh, okay. Wait, wait, so, wait. So Otto Preminger and Groucho Marx got fucked up on LSD. Is there a movie about that? Uh, possibly. I don't know that it happened together, though. Oh, so, uh, but but listen, the, Paul Krasner uh, was a writer at the time. He wrote a story for the February 1981 issue of High Times magazine uh, about how Groucho prepared for his role in this movie by taking a dose uh, with Paul Krasner and, quote, had a moving, lovely, largely pleasant experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the 1976 book, The Groucho File, Groucho commented that both the movie and his performance were god-awful. (laughs) <laughs> which is too bad because it was his final movie i think he was in his 70s at the time yeah he was 78 years old and yeah. well past the marx brothers thing i don't think he had put on the uh the grease paint mustache in 20 years or something but Otto primager insisted upon it and so that he just browbeat him into it and uh reportedly when groucho showed up on set for the first day he asked Otto if he was drunk and Primager didn't didn't care for that comment, and so he just yelled at him continuously through the shoot. Uh, a person on the set claimed that there were many tense moments with Groucho, who was gross himself, uncouth, and extremely unpleasant to everyone. Uh, Primager reportedly picked upon him so much, though, that Jackie Gleason physically threatened Otto Primager if he ever tried anything like that with him. It said that they didn't communicate much at all on set. Uh, Arthur Pendleton, who I I don't, I think he has a role somewhere in this thing. Uh, I'm trying to remember his connection, but uh, he observed that he 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 described Jackie Gleason as not hostile but depressed. He said he never wanted to rehearse. He had no humor whatsoever off stage, and that he was a total prima donna who made his wardrobe man kneel down to tie his shoes. Uh, Carol Channing, the late Carol Channing, sadly, of this year, no less, uh, said that Otto Preminger, quote, was a wonderful producer, but I didn't like working with him. He enjoyed beating me up in front of the company. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems like most of the rest of the cast and crew, sadly, knew nothing about LSD and maybe that's uh, <laughs> that will figure in later with like some of the response to this movie. Uh, Harry Nilsson said that, um, he just pretended to be drunk for the role because he didn't know. Um, it said that he, he did later take LSD, and there's a movie, uh, an animated movie called The Point, which was inspired by that. Uh, interestingly, Faye Dunaway, and I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really think about it, but it said he, she was under a contract to Otto Preminger at the time, which I didn't know that that was still oh. necessarily a thing. Uh, but she refused to pe- uh, be in the movie after uh, Bonnie and Clyde was such a huge hit the year before. And was promptly sued by Otto Preminger, and they settled out of court. 
Uh, so anyway, they finally shoot the movie. Uh, it happened in San Francisco. You got Alcatraz is in there, Los Angeles, I think Paramount, maybe one of the studios. Um, get this, Craig. Mm. Are you ready for a band of the hand connection? Always. Always. Uh, guess who uh, Otto Primager wanted to score this movie? Uh, 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 Jan Hammer. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Well, of course. Uh, this is a, a fantastic story, again, courtesy of TCM. So it said that uh, Primager invited Dylan and his wife to a screening of a rough cut at his uh, Hollywood mansion. After the screening, uh, Bob Dylan surprised everybody from his entourage who all thought the film was a complete disaster by requesting a second screening, but on one condition. He wanted to be left alone with his wife in Otto Preminger's mansion during the screening. Uh, so Otto Preminger happily obliged. He was convinced that Bob Dylan was going to take the job. Instead, uh, he did not. And he acknowledged later that he and his wife weren't at all interested in the movie, but they loved the mansion and the interior decorating. So the only reason that they requested the second screening was so they could just walk around the house by themselves and write down what they liked and take it as inspiration for their own house. <laughs> I love it. So wow. good. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, he finished the movie. He, you know, had this crazy, strange, absurdist thing, completely stood by it, presented it to Paramount with a total straight face, and uh, the studio heads were, quote, uh, more than unimpressed. Peter Bogdanovich says he was present at the first screening Preminger had with the Paramount executives. And, quote, there wasn't one laugh or titter the entire film. Uh, can't imagine anything more uncomfortable in my life as a filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, the movie came out December 19, 1968. It was in theaters a week got yanked and Skidoo was buried in film history as a bad mistake did not come out on home video apparently until 2011 yeah um, in Brazil it was known as Skidoo se faz et oh. Skidoo gets two interesting is surely wrong tagline Craig it takes two to Skidoo that sounds about you know that, right. though, right? Mm-hmm. Rhymes. Uh, let's talk about 1968 a little bit. Uh, interesting year for movies here, Craig. That was the year the MPAA rating system was introduced in November. Interesting. Do you want to guess what was number one at the box office? It is a movie you know probably very, very well. Uh, wait, wait, what's the year again? 1968. 1968. Uh, then it would be, uh, 2001. Yes, sir. Very, very good. Thank you. $56 million. I didn't know it was that much. I thought everyone hated it. That was, that was always the lore around it, uh, as far as I knew. I was surprised it was a number one movie. Uh, it was followed by Funny Girl, The Love Bug, The Odd Couple, Bullet, uh, Romeo and Juliet, starring one Olivia Hussey of Black Christmas fame. Oliver, Rosemary's Baby, Planet of the Apes, and Night of the Living Dead, which made $30 million. Oh, yeah. Such an interesting, I mean, that's a really interesting combination of movie. Like, you can start to see 
the creep towards what's coming in the 70s for sure, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun time. And also from this year, you got The Producers, The Swimmer, The Green Beret, The Thomas Crown Affair, Yellow Submarine, Charlie, Coogan's Bluff, Finian's Rainbow uh, by Coppola, if I'm not mistaken, Ice Station Zebra, The Lion in Winter, Hell in the Pacific, and Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, despite 2001 making $56 million. We all know it did not win any Oscars, except for, I think, effects, maybe. Uh, the big picture that year was was Oliver. You ever seen Oliver? I've never seen Oliver. No, not, a, not a frame, not a no. single frame. Well, I won't uh, say not a single frame. I've seen, you know, something, may I have some more porridge, please, or something. Oh, that's, okay, that's but what that's That's from. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Uh, it won Best Picture, Best Director for Carol Reed. Cliff Robertson won Best Actor for Charlie. And get this, Craig, mm-hmm. first ever tie in the history of the Academy Awards for Best Actress between Katherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. Wow. Wow. Yeah, really? Those some divas two. right there. All huh? right. Yeah. Uh, I could not find anything box office related to Skidoo. I mean, if it was in theaters for a week, you can only assume the worst. Mm hmm. Uh, TCM said Skidoo appealed to no one in 1968. Older audiences found its celebration of drugs offensive, and younger viewers thought it was akin to your grandfather asking to borrow your records. <laughs> Vincent Canby of the New York Times wrote, Skidoo is something only for primager watchers or for people whose minds need pressing by a heavy, flat object the hell of that the movie which has the form of comedy is 98 minutes of disconnected story conference ideas the cast is large and mostly old but primager's use of disin, uh, disintegrating faces is more cruel than comic but as is always the case with these things time has been more kind uh, in the same article on TCM they said while primager and his cast and crew may have created box office poison with skidoo it is simply too unique to be ignored any longer. It's become a hilarious relic of the time period. Consistent bootlegging of the film has introduced it to a new generation of viewers who celebrate it as a garish clusterfuck. TCM <laughs> getting naughty, I know. Yeah, right? wow. So, uh, in fact, Skidoo is a true essence of a cult film, made with love, immediately reviled and buried, and subsequently rediscovered by a new audience basking in its strange hypnotic allure. Even the New York Times, in their DVD release announcement in 2011, then wrote, uh, And yet, even as the narrative jumps the rails, Primager's elegantly balanced compositions never waver, and his gliding camera never falters, bringing a cool, classical perspective to this outpouring of romantic revolt, where many movies of that polarized year of 1968 seemed compelled to take sides, Skidoo remains unaligned to its very end. The result is a finely controlled mess, one of the most uncomfortably evocative films of its time. Uh, here's some fun trivia for you, Craig. Yeah. The boat uh, that is the yacht belonging to Groucho Marx's character in this movie was borrowed from none other than John Wayne. Oh, uh, no. Yep. Otto Preminger had directed Wayne and then the movie In Harm's Way in 1965, and Wayne donated the yacht for, for use in the movie. Uh, it was a U.S. Navy minesweeper during WW2, because of course it was. Right. Uh, after it had been decommissioned and converted to a personal yacht by previous owners, Wayne bought it 
and renamed it Wild Goose. <laughs> uh, he kept it, making modifications over the years until shortly before his death in 79. And since 1996, hey, it's been owned and operated by Hornblower Cruises in Newport Beach. And uh, it's available for public cruises and private charters if you want to take that thing out. Uh, in 2011, it was even added to the U.S. National Register of Historic Places. How about that? Craig, in 19, uh, December 19, 1968, didn't find anything extremely pertinent to our particular show, but the day after, which coincidentally is my daughter's birthday, not, mm-hmm. not year, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, high school students Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday were shot and killed while parked along Lake Herman Road near Benicia, California, becoming the first confirmed victims of... The Zodiac Killer. <laughs> Crazily enough, the exact same day, John Steinbeck died. Oh. Coincidence? I don't see how it could be. I don't think, I mean, that's like been missing. That's why they can't solve this thing, right? Right, yeah. What if John Steinbeck was a Zodiac? Probably. We'll leave you to ponder on that. Uh, Skidoo is out there floating around. I'm pretty sure it is on YouTube as well. Uh... I can't imagine not wanting to at least look at at what like five minutes this movie must be. <laughs> uh, if you're curious, you've got to take that leap and then come back and listen to us talk about it with Tyler Baum. I hope you will. That'll be awesome. Greg, any last words? Yes. If it's good enough for Groucho Marx, it's good enough for you kids. So LSD all the time. <laughs> Uh, I, I need to call my lawyer. Okay, Fair bye. Enough. Bye-bye.